0: Blob
1: Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host, Paul Booth. Today we're going to be talking, I hope I pronounced this right. Obviously, you don't know everyone's name. Uh, Laura Ferber, she's the director of We Are Columbine, which is a new documentary coming out April 9th to most streaming platforms. Well, we'll find out from the director who's calling us in a few minutes. Uh, I love you know watching talk shows, and I love when the talk show host tells you everything and the director's sitting right there, so we have a policy of certain things if we're gonna have the filmmaker here let's let them talk uh let's see today we'll be we'll see how we'll see where it goes it's gonna be we're we'll let's see sorry the documentary obviously is about the it's the twenty year anniversary of the columbine shooting and I found this documentary, uh, and I was sent this documentary, and I was so excited. It's a wonderful doc. It's oddly relevant, and there might be people who don't know. I guess it was only 20 years ago. Um, well, anyways. Uh, Columbine was a mass shooting that happened on April 20th, 99, 1999. And... It was not normal then, the way it is now when we hear about shooting, to um, be like, oh, there was a shooting today. Did you hear about it? So let's see. Filmmaker's calling in. Welcome, Laura. How's it going?
0: Good. Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for making this film that, uh, let's see, great film, unfortunately so relevant um, in a good way, (laughs) unfortunately. I don't mean to say your film's not relevant. Uh, so let's see. I was just telling people briefly about the film. Could you tell us, like, where they can see it? Is there any festivals and then streamings coming up?
0: Yeah. Um, right now we're doing a small um, theatrical release, and it's playing in, I don't know, I would say nine nine or so theaters um, across the country on, on one night. Um you know, from California, New York, Washington, Illinois, and then um Colorado and Kansas City. And then starting April ninth, um, well you can pre order it right now on iTunes for availability um April ninth on iTunes.
1: That's wow, that's really interesting. Um and congratulations. I'm I'm really excited Thank that this you. is Oh yeah, that's so fantastic. I'm really glad that it's gonna be Showing in theaters because I know now we're so distracted and we see stuff on our phones and we see stuff on the TV at home, and I know things are shifting in the film world to just watch it at home. So I'm really excited that people will see this in a theater. Uh, I was just about to go into some of what the film's about, but since we have the filmmaker here, uh, please let us know what this film's about.
0: Yeah, um, so it's really about. I mean, it follows four freshmen, um, I guess alumni, you know, we're adults now, freshmen at the time of Columbine High School um, and on April 20th, 1999. And it, you know, talks about what they talk about, what, what we experienced on that day, because I was also a freshman on April 20th, 1999, um, and how we've been healing uh, what that process looks like and how you come out the other end, you know, to what now twenty years later after experiencing, you know, and it's a traumatic mass um, shooting at our high school.
1: So let's see. I I, I as I was watching this, I was it 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 not in uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm going to sound kind of wordless today because this is obviously a tough subject to uh, yeah. discuss. But um, what made you was there something that catapulted you to be like okay now's the time for this
0: yeah well definitely I mean sort of serendipitous um I received my 10-year reunion card in the mail um and that kind of got and I was you know considering traveling back to to attend a reunion in Colorado and I started thinking about um how's everyone doing and um you know considering myself and how i was doing with this and then also you know we had since then we've had um several shootings um and so every time we have one of those you know the wheels start turning and i i really just wondered like why you know there hasn't been a follow-up i guess more or less and especially in in like a long format you know i There's stuff on um, national news networks where they, you know, take a little bit of time to, you know, where are they now? And that just, that wasn't enough for me personally, and I wanted to tell our story um, in our own words. Uh, So that was really what started it. Um, And then, you know, trying to, I guess, go to that 10-year reunion and and see where people were um, emotionally as well.
1: Well, I'm really, I, when the, Obviously, there's a change in the high school experience, so that goes without saying, but uh, a lot of people just skip reunions because they're like, oh, I, you know, I didn't like my school or I didn't like anyone or, you know, and so uh, did, did it, I mean, did it, does it come across where it's like all that is taken out or how does that, I don't mean to sound naive, but.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, what. Honestly, I wanted to, my intent was to film the reunion and that sort of, um, I just thought, you know, if I could get at least a, you know, a nice wide shot of of our classmates, uh, the freshmen that were there, um, you know, 10 years later now. And I found out very quickly where people were in their um, recovery and that I was not allowed to film the reunion and it was a little frustrating in the beginning because I was just starting out and then that was my first hurdle and then I realized that probably wasn't the most appropriate um, location to do that first filming and so I just attended the reunion alone um, and took a step back and really started thinking about, you know, how am I going to find my participants If they won't even, you know, if we don't even talk about it or film at the reunion, you know, if I can't film at the reunion, it's just its very eye-opening. And, you know, and then to get the four subjects was also harder than I anticipated as well because, and the main reason is we, you know, as alumni, um, can't speak for everybody, but most of us really don't share. Um, the details from that day, um, especially amongst ourselves. You know, I guess we don't, we don't need to, you know. Um, we understand what the other person is feeling. We don't need to relive it. Um, and also, you know, there was a big media circus that surrounded Columbine. Um, everything unfolded live on television. And, you know, that made us a little bit hesitant to also get, get on camera and speak, especially with a journalist or an interviewer. Um but I just knew that that the news media, you know, and press and stuff, that was all part of the Columbine story and a lot of it was just headlines and so I just I knew it was so much more um than that to us, you know. It was more than you know, just death and, and fear and trauma. Um and then I thought, well, what if I was the one asking the questions being in the you know, being in that I was I was one of them. I was one of you guys. I I I was there. Um, you know, and what if I could help? Yeah, that was
1: something you really you know. captured well, actually. That was something that you Thank really, you. I could tell that you had, oh, you're very welcome. I could tell that you had, yeah, I didn't expect a non-filmmaker, but I kind of thought uh, that this might, I don't want to say professional, but I just thought, this is really cool, and until I kind of found out what you said, you were one of them, I was just thinking like, wow, this filmmakers just it's amazing how their 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 sensitivity and did you um in in the in the filmmaking side because we know that you have an attachment it's obviously emotional and um did like what would you say on the filmmaking side did it make did the emotional subject matter make the filmmaking side just seem like eh like you were telling me you'd worked on set you'd produce stuff we all know the headache that is is this one of those where it's like the subject is so heavy duty that you're just like uh no big deal that we have this scheduling problem or what was that like as a filmmaker
0: um actually that's it's interesting i went into this process thinking you know first of all a it's my first film um you know i was totally unaware of how hard that would be to make a feature film It it just in my mind, it sounded a lot easier than it it really was, but yeah. um and I went into this thinking, I'm the filmmaker, I know I was there, and I know how to tell this story and be sensitive because I was there, so this will be um but this will be easy <laughs> um tackling the subject, and it definitely was not um the subject matter affected me. And the filmmaking process significantly just by, you know, I mean, I guess by going back to the school, that was probably um, one of the hardest days that I've had, you know, because you've got your filmmaker hat on and then you walk into a situation that you, you think you're pre- prepared for professionally, to, you know, just to find out that you're actually, um, you know, you're still healing yourself um, and it's uncomfortable. And it's hard to be uncomfortable when you're the one behind the camera, you know?
1: Right. And everyone's looking to you for comfort, right? You're supposed to have the answers and then you find that self in the predicament. Yeah. Maybe you don't not. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. And I felt, you know, sometimes, but I mean, as you know, as we went on and the, the more, um, I filmed with, with each subject,
1: <clears throat> I mean,
0: they just, you know, they made me cry and, And I I learned very quickly that that's actually okay and it made um, for better dialogue, um, better content because we could all, you know, everyone was honest. Everyone in the room was honest um, and raw, you know, and uncensored.
1: Now, on the filmmaking side, obviously, you know, I'm not asking about a specific subject, but most of the time filmmakers, uh, you know, maybe they have a three or five to one ratio. Uh was this something where you kind of had to be like uh as a director be like, okay, this this area might take someone twenty takes. Like how does that alter how you go in as a director and then also well, thinking about the editing room?
0: Yeah, well the I wasn't thinking about the editing room. Um the subject matter was so heavy that I mean it, it took it took all all rules and threw them out the window. But fortunately I had an amazing group of creative and, um, you know, producers, every shoot that we went on, um, it was myself, a field producer, and then the director of photography, Joseph, um, Fitzgerald, who, you know, both the producers and the cinematographer, they, they saved the day in a lot of situations. Um, when sometimes I was unable to participate, like that first day of filming, um, was really hard, but it didn't set the tone, you know, for the rest of the, the filming. But at the same time, it was like, Hey, this is, this isn't going to be as easy as you thought. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be emotional. Um,
1: you just got to muscle through it. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking of like, how do you possibly like schedule that or like you're saying, the kind of rules go out and you're not thinking about the editing room. So Has this film – like, did you have – and like you're saying, it kind of throws out some rules. Did you have, like, an outline or something to where – or did you just want to be like, I want to go with this and I want to just capture what comes of it? I mean, was there a set script or was there just, I hope I get this? Mm -hmm. How how was that as a documentarian?
0: Yeah, no, it was – well, and that's what I – so what I love about documentaries is that yeah you can go in with an idea and then come out the other end with a totally different story that you least expected and I think that's the beauty of documentary filmmaking is that it can you know you kind of have to follow the story and I think the most important thing that I knew I didn't have an outline I just knew that I wanted you know four I don't you know the magic number maybe was three at the time you know as far as filmmaking rules but I I wanted four at least four to five subjects um and just to get them to talk so one of the you know one of the most important things was finding participants um and then once we did and they started telling us um telling me their stories it it just kind of took off in there and I was I didn't I didn't know what to expect I didn't know what they were going to say I didn't know where they were at in um their recovery you know only that they were willing to talk to me on camera and they trusted me um and I trusted them.
1: Well, because that's such a, as you know, a documentarian, but for people out there, that's such a, I mean, like you're saying, the media circus. And I mean, I'm obviously someone, I'm like any, I mean, I lived in Hawaii at the time. So obviously, the only way I was going to hear about it was CNN. Um, I share it in the mm-hmm. review, of course, for those of you out there, you can go to one episode back and I guess I have to repeat it. Sometimes people listen to the interview not the review, but you know, I was just sitting in a library at college and I remember a woman who was from Columbine was like screaming because she said, there's been a shooting at my school. And as I was thinking about this interview I, and that review that I did yesterday, I just remember thinking that it was so bizarre and we won't, I'm just going to say this, we can roll into the next thing, but I remember how that sounded so bizarre at the time, and how weird it is that nowadays we just go, oh, hey, there was this, and go on to our eggs. So that moment for me had always really stuck out. So when I got the film, I thought I'd never really been able to do anything or support it in any way other than uh, my opinions about this kind of stuff. So I just thought, oh, this is a way that I can kind of give to that situation that really for me was in just a minor way in comparison, a defining moment of just being 20 and being like, what, huh? Couldn't even believe what would go go on in my mind if that happened at my alma mater. So it just really that I could relate to, because I was fresh out of high school and it was only a couple of years for me. So I could just literally still kind of smell high school. Um, I guess in the film, is there a, is it okay to mention there uh than not the other people outside of students that you interview?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I just, mean, I'm sorry.
1: Um, I mean the, Frank, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, – the, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, you mean um, the principal, Frank DeAngelis, and the teacher, um,
1: Kiki yes, Leva? Yes, Yeah. Yeah, I, I I just wanted to make sure that they were mentioned because I, I, I have such a um, – it was just really interesting in this film. This is another thing, people. Uh, if if you if you didn't have a relate, like, I was very fortunate to be very close with a few teachers in high school. I still talk to them 22 years later, and and uh, still very close with them. So I really liked. Uh, when was the? Did you have a point where you were like, okay, there also has to be faculty, and I have to go for the principal too because this would maybe have a different. Uh, a different feel to it if it was just students like, yeah where, where no, exactly I knew to?
0: yeah I mean I couldn't you know I realized I couldn't talk to you know I couldn't talk about Columbine without talking about the principal because um, he was such a you know a big part of of our experience and then you know stayed with us through graduation and and then more after um but funny um Mr. Leva, and it's funny I still call him Mr. Lava, like I'm back in high school. I hate that um, Kiki, Leva, um, he wasn't supposed to be in the film um, initially because he was our um, what do you uh, chaperone during filming. because um, there was Frank, uh, and I totally understand, decided that you know, we film not during school hours. So, maybe over the summer, um and so when class isn't in session, just so we can um you know not draw attention to ourselves and and whatnot and and make a big deal out of filming at the school because uh, people weren't allowed to come in and film, but he granted me access, and so we had to have a chaperone, and that was Mr. Leva, and it was awesome and then you know off camera, he would give me little snippets of his experience, and it was just I think even you know Joe the d p throughout let's throw a mic on him. Um, he was a little reluctant, but, you know, just a, a soundbite player, what we call him. Um, and he, he offered another perspective, which, you know, in the film, you, it's priceless, you know, because you have, you have all of our perspectives, but then to have a teacher that's gone through the same thing um, as an adult was an interesting voice that, that needed to be in the film.
1: What a great choice. Um, I uh, Gosh, that's the the way he is in the film to hear that that's how it went is really, I call it, uh, I always have to say I'm not being reali- religious because I have been asked to not say this, but um, the movie gods, and I think they exist. Filmmakers understand that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <were, laughs> And being a documentarian, you get stuff. And I know the word God had a connotation. That's cool. I respect others. But to just kind of be like, this came, like, how cool is that to go from, I know what you're saying, a soundbite player, a voiceover, and a photo and a yearbook to this live talking person. I mean, that's just, that must have just been amazing for you.
0: It, it really was. Um, and he just offered, you know, a perspective on, you know, events and, um, you know, different elements of the story and, you know, the three years that we spent, um, you know, in the school after the shooting to finish out, you know, our high school career, um, his point of view, um, look, you know, is it, it really was just priceless. And I, we needed that because, you know, I learned a lot, you know, you have, especially when you're in high school, you have your idea of what's right and what's wrong. And then to hear his side of the same story, um, was invaluable
1: and when was this filmed like when did you create this project
0: I started filming in 2012 and I guess I think our last day of actual shoot filming was 2015 when um when Frank maybe it was 2014 when the um when Frank DeAngelis retired we got his final um Assembly that he did, and then you know another four years of three and a half years of editing, um you know, and trying to find funds. You know, life of a filmmaker indie filmmaker.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, I'm I really I really commend what you, what you've done because you know the the filmmaking process is crazy enough and it's a pain in the ass enough and it's exhausting enough that I think a lot of the times like I'd I'd made a short film about my friend who was a homeless veteran and I remember like I didn't think of that before he told me stories and so it was like I had planned on being financially, uh, mentally exhausted but then it was like tossing in that Spiritually and emotionally exhausted, was just like, huh? And then carrying on to a charity and a blog and working with veterans, it was just kind of like, you know, I can remember coming home from events and just being like, I just wanted to tell my friend's story, you know, like <laughs> I wasn't expecting right. this. So, you know, and and I w- was there something as a filmmaker, and and I understand if you can't completely, obviously can't completely separate. Was there something as a filmmaker where you got to sit down at the end of the day and just be like, wow, I got this tool as a filmmaker that I never would have gotten in another situation?
0: Yeah, I will. You know I mean, I, you know, it's well, first of all, it's hard for me to, I can't.
1: I, hmm. That's a really you No, the separation. Um, I realized after I asked it that I was like, ah, there's no separating that. I mean, is there I mean, is there really a point where there can be any separation where you're where you're thinking like a director? I mean that's I guess now that I've asked it, I've realized maybe there isn't an answer.
0: Well, I think no, I think I tried. Um, you know, I did try to separate it, you know, especially I mean the first thing that comes to mind is <clears throat> excuse me, is when I would go through, you know, archive footage. Um And a lot of the archive was my own um, that I had in a box, you know, in the, in the basement somewhere, Um, you know, going through that and then finding stuff from, from high school, you know, and I went into it just watching, you know, what would be just normal archive footage. But when it's so personal, that's where it hits you of like, okay, I can't, I can't look at this, um, you know, objectively um actually because but but then the the beauty of it was is you know when you're watching when i was watching some of the some of the archive that's where i found a lot of the gems was, you know it is subjective i do know these people you know i know what i'm looking for um you know so on, in that respect i felt like this is some of the best part of documentary filmmaking a is just looking through footage um and it you know the other thing though the heart it's hard to separate' cause I was I, I was just so emotionally attached to the subject to the events to the footage um and it's hard to actually work right when you're when you're having you know i don't say emotional breakdowns, but there were lots of tears you know in in my office by myself, looking at stuff, um, sometimes alone and you're, you know, it's kind of like you want to stop, but, you know, but then something, you know, something happened, like the the filmmaking God comes over and just throws something in your lap and then you keep, you keep going forward.
1: I, I was so, uh, kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, viewers are going to get sad or they're going to get angry or they're going to get frustrated, um so i I didn't stop and look at the cinematography credits or the editing credits or the so if if i you know did you also edit this or did your cinematographer also edit it or or was there an editor
0: um, I tried to edit it myself <laughs> uh that backfired then um I tried you know, a couple other people, and they are additional editors because some of their work was done in the beginning, and then I took that, and we went to another editor. You know, I kind of just sort of shopped around a little bit, and then, I mean, ultimately, um, you know, not having enough funds took over, and it just stopped for a minute, but that's when, you know, I had time to to actually do some soul searching and and writing myself um, and getting that outline that you know one typically starts with before they make a film um and I kind of did that later in the process but no it was edited um in Minneapolis by Channel Z by James Stanger um you know everyone played their their part in this this was not you know it's one thing to say I'm the director but none of this process was I was ever felt like by myself or alone um you know, creatively and sometimes, you know, even emotionally, I there was always I was always surrounded by people and support to help um, to help push this this film along.
1: Well, that's uh, really amazing because I was not that I I don't ever expect anything before I see a film, but I'm always really intrigued when a documentary is is edited well. Obviously, I'm intrigued, but that little kind of difference that you, you know, has a filmmaker and film fellow film school person. It's really hard to watch a film and not pay attention to what you've learned or what you know, and then also watch a film and not pay attention to your production experiences and to really just be completely removed. Uh, I mean, yeah, we still find the joy and the emotions and the laughs at a comedy, but it's when you're kind of like, Oh, there was continuity issue there or, so a, to me, a right. documentary that's edited so well is just like we're saying, like we when we talked before this call, to not have the cue, the music, to not have the overuse of media footage, to not have anything that's where you're trying to make me emotional to where you're, it's just set up to where I'm going to be emotional when I'm emotional. I'm not being emotional just because you told me to. And that was what really struck me and why I've told people about this. So is there something like, is that something as a filmmaker, your editing skills, is there projects that you would attest them to? Like have you worked in television or other areas of film?
0: Yeah, I've I've worked in reality TV um, as a associate producer, sometimes a producer, um, but, you know, none of those stories were ever my own. Um, you know, it's for, you know, a larger production company or studio. But when you get to choose the subject and the story, and it is your own, I think, you know, I tried to surround myself with also sensitive creative. You know, I I knew that, I knew who was right for the project, including the editor. Um, you know, you just kind of know right away when someone's sensitive and and understands how heavy this subject is, or mainly because it probably, excuse me, it probably touched them in, in some other way um, personally that, that they felt connected to this project. Um, but also I wanted to, I think I, I also have an answer to that other question you said about filmmaking. I think the hardest, one of the hardest struggles of being the director was how I was going to um, use my voice in the film because um, you know, I had a certain style I wanted to to emulate, um which was my own, but and I love every documentary that's probably ever been made whether it's, you know, you would you'd would say it's bad or good. I just knew that, you know, <laughs> I didn't I didn't want my face um or my voice as a voiceover that I knew I didn't want. And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that style of, of documentary filmmaking, you know, like, you know, the greats of you could uh, Michael Moore, you know, like Andrea Pelosi, they're, they're very much in your face. They're on camera, they're telling you stuff. And that's just not the style that I would want to make. And so I, I knew that going into it, that was hard to keep, um, to keep my, my thumb on that because, you know, you're getting lots of um, suggestions from the outside about what you should and shouldn't do and why you should be on screen. And it just didn't, it didn't feel right. Um, so I had to trust my gut and just,
1: you know, hold strong.
0: Um,
1: and I well, think, I think it worked choice. out. I think it it took away the uh, nightly news report feel. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's what I think was so great. I'm so glad that you just mentioned that because I was, at first I kind of, you know, made my own conclusion. And I thought, oh, that's cool. The director doesn't want to be on camera. Makes sense. Uh, But now that you're mentioning it, that is such a, uh, kudos to you because we're so inundated with somebody's walking through the parking lot and setting us up for what's coming up next. And, you know, (laughs) Um, right. There is a style, like you're saying, to the voiceover. And, you know, I think voiceover also, you know, kills every student film on the planet. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And not in a presumptuous mm-hmm. way, because we all remember our first student film that we crewed or uh, got to even have see our credits in. Um, so there's, it's all good. Here we're, we call it students to known people. They're all the same. They were all in film school once. So uh, let's see. Now we I'm going to turn... And well, actually, I'll close with anything you'd like to say, and then I'm going to jump into a couple of questions that we like to ask every guest, because I like to think I'm inside the actor's studio, <laughs> but it's not the same <laughs> questions. Uh, <laughs> but I'll admit, I, I ripped it off. Uh, I created my own, like all of us filmmakers. Uh, do you have so anything you'd like to close with um, before I go into those quick questions?
0: Um, I mean, no, I think, we, you know, we got that it's, it's going to be available for pre-order, which is obviously most important um, that people get to see it um, however they choose. Obviously, I would say on the big screen is best, but um, that's not always possible. So, you know, I just, you know, I, you can't control how your audience <laughs> screens your film. But, you know, right. I just know that if you can, you know, if you can see it on a big screen or, or the biggest screen in your house, um, and force yourself to sit through it. Um, I know you said you stopped it a couple times. Totally understandable, but that's what I love about being in a theatrical setting is that, you know, it's phone's off, um, you know, can't go to the bathroom unless you absolutely have
1: to, and you're just sort of,
0: you're submerged in it. Um,
1: oh, right, well, yeah, we know. What's I think, Thank you for yeah. mentioning that, because I, I only turned it off because I was like, I'm going to just stop talking to every Gun person I know So it was like Before I right. started ranting and raving And Facebook and email and text I was like okay Go in the other room Calm down before you disown your friend from high school <laughs> So <laughs> so that's what it was I mean I, I don't mean to laugh while we're talking about this But that's where I kind of was like okay. Okay, okay you're crying a bit much And so yeah but I, I, I would love to um, That's so yeah I, You know that's, that's the actual experience Not being able to take that break um, wow, I'm so excited that that's happening. Um, I'll, I'll talk to your PR rep and get the cities in full and put that out there with the show. Um, awesome. Let's see. So we are Columbine. And so these couple of quick questions. I always love to know what film, how filmmakers answer this. Uh, do you have a, you know, script is there, cast is there. So I don't mean great script. Everything's in line. Uh, do you have a dream genre to do before you hang the camera up?
0: I mean, I I can only make documentaries. I could speak to maybe a topic. I would love to do something on animals. Um, if that answers your question, something because I'm very oh,
1: yeah,
0: no. passionate. No, yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. That's about, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Dude, but it can only really do docu, documentaries. I would love to make another one. This was just this took a lot out of me. Um but if I do another one oh, I yeah. can't, you know can't not do animals, um, in some capacity. And and then I have oh, some pretty a strong topic.
1: feelings about zoos. So interesting. No, our last guest <laughs> is uh, she has a documentary on Netflix, very heavy duty documentary and uh, she said she would like to make a travel around the world, like finding animals and plants and stuff. So I, I, I think every answer is just as interesting as as the one before. Um, cool. And then the second question is just the reverse. Like you said, you can only do doc. So a topic that you would never cover, even though you haven't eaten in two weeks, the rent's past due. And, but so you have to do something, but you're, you're not going to ever document this. Hmm.
0: God, something I, I would never do. It would put me on a spot, Paul. I'm um. oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> we, it's OK. We, <laughs> if, if, we, if there's not an answer, we can. Move on
0: yeah I mean I don't I don't I don't know
1: I, I really don't um no well, you know honestly what's cool is that you being a documentarian is that the reason why I always ask this question is because every filmmaker has two uniquely different answers and it always gets a smart spark made because I'm with doing this show just comes from my production experience and my love of film and literally, this podcast was born because I was thinking about my next project. And my friend was like, you obsess over movies, and you never shut up. (laughs) So he's like, do a talk show. And I was like, talk show? And podcasts were fairly new. So he's like, yeah, there's this thing called podcast. And and I just was like, dude, nobody's gonna want to talk. Like I talk with you because I've known you 15 years or now 20. So I'm like, that's why I'm so open, and then I just you know now we're doing episode three thirty next week, and it's just been all over, so it's just wild, so I just love hearing how filmmakers process what they would do, what they wouldn't um so the last thing is we obviously myself and some of the producers at the show, we want to thank you for making this film, taking your time to come on and talk with us, and yeah, I just wanted to make sure a couple of my producers want to make sure that you know, has a team, we all appreciate this.
0: Thank you, thank you, and thank you for watching it. Thank you for talking about it. Um, you know, I think when we make when we make films, we, the point is to get people to see them, right? Um, right. And you've you've definitely you've helped you've helped in that uh, very much, oh, whether you like the film or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's irrelevant as far as you liking the film, but it's you know, if you did, you since you did like it, you know, it's it's great having you know cheerleaders, I guess, in a sense, um, and just getting people to see it and you know letting them decide.
1: Oh no, for sure. Well, you're very welcome. I mean, that's another reason why we do the show and all of the my my I don't like saying my producers, my fellow producers um, are they're all filmmakers and they're all movie nuts, so. I'm very fortunate in that sense. So they're just like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do this. And we all know, and we've been in the trenches too. So yeah, a lot of that is just, to me, it's not a competition. So we should all be supporting each other and especially when it's an important topic. So we really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You have a great day. And we will definitely get the link to you guys.
0: Okay, perfect. Thanks so much. All right. Aloha. Okay, bye.
1: Bye. Bye. And that was a great, wonderful conversation with uh, the director of We Are Columbine hitting streaming platforms April 9th with a theatrical release. Google that, but we'll be posting the information soon uh, about the theatrical. But um, yeah, we're I'm kind of astounded, taken back, just enjoyed that conversation. So I'm going to get out of here, but you know the way I always wrap it up for noon or evening or whatever other time of day you find Make sure to watch a good movie. Aloha.